Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John. It's freezing in Vegas, Ronaldo. <laughs> John, how's it going uh, there with um, a cold, cold, and we're recording this on Halloween, so happy Halloween. Uh, oh, yeah, thank how you. How are you guys doing uh, on this fine Hallow- Halloween? Uh, it's great. It's cold. It's 32 degrees right now. My grass is frozen in the backyard, uh, mm-hmm. but it's clear skies, so I can't complain. I know some of my friends around the country have snow today, so uh, I'm not complaining because we'll still be able to go trick-or-treating with the kids uh, this evening and not have to trek through snow, so I'm okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's Halloween when we're recording this, but of course now it's November when people are listening to this at, at the earliest, and and everything and so it's it's kind of hard to believe that we're you know getting ready for all the holidays the holiday rush um you know uh whether it's thanksgiving or christmas or uh, you know uh, anything else that falls in between um but uh yeah it, it's a busy time of year and it's um, just easy to get swamped up in this but i'm excited because we're going to be heading into a season where i know we're getting more guests on the show and uh, John, we have a special guest joining us today. Uh, why don't you introduce to us our special guest? Yes, I'm excited to, to introduce Clarissa Chichioko. She is a minister in the Diocese of San Jose, where I was originally from. And Clarissa and I worked for many years together, uh, working on a lot of different things in, in her parish and in the diocese. And Clarissa, I'm just very excited to to have you with us today because we are going to be talking about something that you are energetic and passionate about, and I know it's something that I can be educated on, is theology of the body. So Clarissa, how are you? How are things going? I'm good. I'm in perfect weather, uh, San Jose, California. (laughs) Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, I really look up to you guys and... um, yeah, I just think it's really great what you're all doing for the church. So I'm excited to be here. No, it's awesome to have you. And uh, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, theology of the Bible. Well, uh, you know, a lot about theology of the Bible. But tell us about how um, how you've made that part of your repertoire, like uh, how that's uh, just come across your desk and, and why it's something you're so passionate about. Sure. I came across Theology of the Body about 10 years ago. And it was at a young adult conference in Chicago, and there was a priest, Father Thomas Loya, and I thought, okay, he's doing a workshop on theology of the body. It sounds interesting. It sounds something like I've never heard before. And um, he was talking about, about how God reveals himself through the human body, and that really piqued my interest. And um, from there, I went on a pilgrimage in Rome with Christopher West. He is a very popular Theology of the Body speaker. And um, from there, I just fell in love with the teachings of Pope John Paul II and started reading every book and listening to talks on Theology of the Body, going to conferences and the Theology of the Body Institute. And um, yeah, I fell in love with the teachings and it really was the... It really sparked this um, reversion to the Catholic faith again. Um, and since then, I've been speaking on it and um, just trying to gain awareness for it. I would say I'm, I'm an enthusiast. Um, I'm really passionate about, you know, studying it and, and learning more about it. And so I'm still, I'm still a student of Theology of the Body and Pope John Paul II now today. 
Well, given how much Pope John Paul II has written, I think we're all will always be students of John Paul II, among yeah. other saints as well. So, you know, this topic really intrigues me because I'll be totally honest. I have heard a lot about it for many years now, but I have not I have not delved into it like you have, Clarissa. I have not researched it. Um, and so I, I just think it's really interesting that we learn a little bit more about it because just to kind of back up for me, I remember growing up and I know a lot of teenagers who have felt the same way. It's like I felt very, you know, uncomfortable and guilty about my body and 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 all the aspects of sexuality and intimacy and all sorts of things and and almost to the point that there are some messages not so much in the Catholic church, but certainly in other churches of like, you need to separate yourself from your body. You need to like, your body is bad, right? Like that, that can be a, a message that's out there that people hear in the world. And I know I certainly got that message. The body is bad. And it probably wasn't until my early mid twenties that I started to hear different messaging about it, um, which gave me a whole different view on body and sexuality and intimacy and all of that, which quite honestly, I badly needed. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I love this because this is an often is an aspect of youth ministry too. So give us a background of what the basic teachings of theology of the body are and how, how do we integrate it? How do we use it in ministry, especially with young people? Yeah, definitely. I'm, and I'm with you too. I think growing up um, being my understanding of being Catholic was, you know, there are these 10 commandments and we're supposed to say no to certain things. And for me, it was like, well, my, my body desires to say yes to some of these things. And how can I integrate the 10 commandments into my life? And what theology of the body did for me at a time when I was hearing these negative messages of, you know, um, wait for this and say no to this was or and your body is bad and it's a, a threat to your soul and a threat to me getting to heaven was theology of the body said no your body is so good and that god designed your body in a certain way and so for theology of the body um basically pope john paul ii he gave 129 short talks um in 1978 to 1984, and he gave these talks on Wednesdays uh, to an audience of people in St. Peter's Square in Rome. And basically, Theology of the Body, or TOB, is a catechesis presented as an analysis on God's design for human love. And these are based on the words of Christ and on Ephesians, and he references a lot of scripture. And these talks were compiled together into a textbook, um, thanks to Pauline Books and Media. And so now we can read it. And it actually includes talks that, um, that he wrote but did not give. And so Theology of the Body, it's, it's this response to this modern subjectivity that gained popularity in the modern age. Um, this account of nature that denied the interiority of material beings and the relationship of the human person with nature. Basically that there's this body and spirit split, um, that there's this detachment and denial of um, anything that is of nature um, in harmony with the body. And so Pope John Paul II recognizes, uh, recognizes split in, in this body, um, body and spirit, like this body's bad or the body's a threat, the body's evil, it's 
or it's even just matter. Um, and his response is, is to defend the body, to defend the body against this alienation from the person and to reconnect the body to the spirit in a sense. And then also to show the divine plan for, for human, human love, human spousal love, to show that there is goodness and beauty um, in our sexual sphere. Um, there isn't just this negativity um, and that the body is, isn't just to be objectified, but the body is in a sense sacramental. That when we look at the body, we see not just a body, not just an object, but we see a spirit, we see a soul. So. so I really love this because part of it too, Clarissa, is that it's really connected with the creation story and how God has created us, that, that God created us body and soul, body and spirit, right? To use some of the language that, that you're using here uh, as one, not separate entities, right? Not different things. And so um, there has to be an understanding that, that what's going on with the body is, is good, right? Is good. It's, it's fundamentally good. Um, and, and I love what you're talking about with terms of beauty, right? Because you know, I've done I've done workshops uh, with with teen boys uh, on on pornography and other things, and and one of the things I always tell tell guys, you know, is because we have this innate desire to look, right? I mean, just to be frankly honest, right? You know, especially guys, you know. And I always say, look, the first look is very unconscious, right? You know, it, but we're attracted to the beauty that we see. In, in a woman, right? Uh, but I say the first look is unconscious. So I always say the first look is a gift from God, but the second look is selfish because now you're conscious about your looking, right? And now you're looking with maybe potentially bad desires, right? But, but the reason I say it that way, Clarissa, is, is to help all of us, myself included, understand that beauty is good, right? And that there's a rich, a rich tradition of beauty not just obviously in human form, but in all sorts of forms in the world. But there's a rich tradition of beauty in the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church embraces that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And what Pope John Paul II goes into in his Theology of the Body is that we're, like you said, we have these attractions, and these attractions come from God, and beauty comes from God, but also we're responsible for what happens after these attractions. We're responsible for... And there's this beautiful phrase being custodians of our eyes and mm -hmm. custodians of our hearts that when we look at someone, are we looking at them and seeing their soul and seeing as a, them as a gift and someone to love? Or are we looking at them and seeing them as an object to use? So that's a really great thing to, to talk to young men about, John. So how do you how do you embrace this in ministry? What does this look like in ministry? Say you're doing it with youth or even adults. Like how do you find ways to integrate the theology of the body in your ministry? That's a great question. Um, I feel that since I am a youth minister and I'm interested in theology of the body, it's it's been um, a niche that I'm trying to connect. Is how do I bring this dense teaching of theology of the body? into language that young people can understand. And so one thing that a lot of ministries have done, what we've done here in the Bay Area is we've um, created a retreat called Echoes of Worth, and it's a theology of the body retreat for teens. And so we break down and deconstruct the teachings of Pope John Paul II and his theology of the body in, in, in words, in videos, in um, 
small group questions and acronyms and things that in ways that teens can remember theology of the body. So for example, I like to break down um, these teachings in, uh, let's take the, the, the book of Genesis. Pope John Paul II unpacks the book of Genesis and Adam and Eve and being made in his image and likeness. And so I'll take that and I'll create an acronym. Um, one acronym is BTS, beneath the surface. And so I'll tell the teens, um, you know, when you look at someone, what do you see? And I'll bring up a teen and um, they'll say, I see hair. I see he or she is wearing a sweater. He or she has a nice smile. And then I, I, I encourage them to look further and to see, you know, this is God's masterpiece. Um, there's more beneath the surface than just a physical body, than just matter. And so I go into the book of Genesis and how we're, um, be, you know, um, beneath the surface, be body and spirit. Those two are connected. Um, T we're made for, um, to, uh, participate in the love of the Trinity. And so I, I talk about what the, what Trinitarian love looks like. And then S, um, that we're meant for a sacramental site that in the very beginning, God, um, made Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve, um, saw one another and saw each other's, um, soul when they looked at each other there wasn't this split or this um this challenge of of lust or use and so we'll do things like that and we'll make it um not just a, an immersive uh, experience in theology of the body but we'll also um create this fun experience where we'll do activities and games and and then also these liturgical experiences and prayer experiences like adoration and um, we'll have opportunities for confession and daily mass so that it's really this, um, this heart and mind experience. Um, and so I think the teens, they, it's important for them to see the beauty and the, and the hope of the message of theology of the body. So it seems like it's not so much a subject that you're teaching as much as it is um, a culture that you're infusing in the life of your, uh, your ministry, right? I mean, you have the retreat, which I think is awesome. So that's more of that intensive sort of study into that, right? Or experience, I shouldn't say study, but experience into that. But it sounds like things like confession, adoration, those are things that, you know, anyone in ministry can incorporate into the schedule or fabric of what they're doing and that complements or enhances theology of the body. Because I, 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 um, because I know for me, as a youth minister, when I've looked at the Theology of the Body books, right, or workbook, I'm like, when am I going to fit this in to all the other things that I need to talk about in ministry? But from what you're describing, right, it's not so much a subject to fit in as much as it is something to influence the message, the overall message that you're communicating to your audience. Is that correct? I would say it's both. I would say okay. it's an it's a in-depth study of how God reveals himself through our human bodies. But also it is a culture that we're trying to infuse, this culture of seeing another person as a gift. And um, you know, the, the title of our retreat is Echoes of Worth. And so we're trying to infuse this culture and encourage this culture of seeing the other person as a gift worthy of this love that God, God in, instilled in us and imprinted in, in our hearts from the very beginning. So, you know, from in the beginning of 
the retreat. Of course, the teens are shy. They don't really know each other. But at the end of the retreat, you know, the hope is that they see one another as a gift and can see their families as gifts, see their, their classmates as gifts, see the people on the streets as gifts. And so it's this culture of seeing another person as a gift and of worthy of human dignity. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, inevitably, Clarissa, the, the topic of LGBT has to come up in this, right? And we know that's a, a, a huge conversation point for young people in general, uh, but certainly in the church as well. When, when I do different Q&A types of sessions, you know, I kind of leave it open-ended and, and let teens ask whatever questions that they want. And inevitably, one of the questions is something along the lines of dealing with uh, understanding the church's views on the LGBT. You know, a lot of people say, why does the church hate gays and lesbians, right? Those types of things, which are interesting questions that we, we need to address as church. How do you, through Echoes of Worth and, and your work with Theology of the Body, address those questions when teens bring them up? Because I have to assume they are bringing them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely bringing it up. And <clears throat> we actually don't even bring up those topics until the very end on Sunday after we've established that, hey, first, our identity is rooted in our relationship with God, that we are sons and daughters made in his image and likeness. And we really spend most of the retreat on that topic. Um, I think as a society and in our culture, we tend to identify ourselves by these secondary things by our attractions and the culture also tells us you are you are who you are attracted to and in in our faith we see ourselves our first identity is being um made in the image and likeness of god and in excuse me i'm a little under the weather um and so then by sunday we have these workshops that they can attend. Um, they can attend workshops on how to discern their vocation or how to, um, how to learn how to, to date with, with the virtue. And then we have these topics on um, same-sex attraction or how to integrate our attractions with our faith. And it's a very nuanced topic because, as you know, there are, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of, um, what's the word? Um, a lot of ways that our, our culture is trying to uh, label, I guess, label um, our attractions. And so um, we bring it in people who actually are dealing with same-sex attraction and they tell their story and they give their testimony of how they have these attractions and how they, instead of repressing these attractions and instead of indulging in these attractions, they really see how they can be chaste. We talk about chastity in ordering our desires according to how God planned them from the very beginning because when we do that, that leads us to true happiness and fulfillment. And I think it's important to know that the message of theology of the body isn't just for married people and it isn't just for people who are, um, who like the same um, gender or who don't like the same gender. Like the, the message of theology of the body is for every single person who has a body. 
And for every single person who is asking, who am I and what way am I to live in a way that brings me happiness? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that um, I love that you say, said is that you start with that our identities in God, right? Like we're a child of God, we're God's creation and everything because, you know, on top of the same sex attractions, uh, you know, one of the things that um, are, uh, I've seen teens struggle with is also their identity, their gender identity. Right. And, um, and it's not so much because they think that maybe they're in the wrong body, but it's, it's almost like what the world's telling them a man should be or what the church is saying a, a woman should be and, you know, or what they think the church is saying a woman should be. And, and it's creating a lot of this confusion. And so, um, you know, in what ways, um, or how does, uh, in what ways to outside of, you know, that we're created in God's image, um, does theology of the body, um, tackle, the, um, the situation of gender um, identity and the struggle that so many people are having with that. Yeah, that's such a, a real, a real struggle. Um, I think it goes back to, um, it goes back to our nature, our human nature, that God designed us with one nature and, and two dimensions of this nature, male and female. And the, this call to, to spousal union, this call of male and female coming together means something, that it means something, that he created us with this intention of, of this unity and this fruitfulness, and, and, that, and that he did that for a purpose. And I think what theology of the body does, and it's, it gives us, um, actually, let me pause, because that's a really hard question. <laughs> Well, I'd love to know what you guys think. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because um, I think it, it it comes down to the fact that there's something deeper going on, right? Um, you know, one of the things I love about theology of the body or just even, you know, the essence of our faith, right? And, and what Jesus tells us to do is to listen, right? To listen to what, what's going on in, in people's lives. And I, I feel like anytime a student comes to me, or a parent or a volunteer uh, or anyone is coming with this faith crisis, the first thing we can do is just is, is thank them for sharing that, but then also listening to like what's going on and just ask questions to get uh, as much clarity as possible into what they're um, struggling with. Um, and I think in, you know, um, in an age where uh, gender transformation is more and more prevalent, um, uh, and is becoming more accepted, it, it, it's really important for us before we say, no, 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 like God didn't make any mistakes and, you know, you shouldn't do that or shouldn't do this, is, uh, is this ability to say, okay, where are they not feeling loved or where are they not feeling accepted right now by God who created them? And, uh, and almost, it's almost, I think, like a way of, right, changing our vocabulary in the matter. Um, and not changing the truth, but changing how we articulate it and how we, we talk about it. Well, yeah, I, I want to riff on that too, because you, both of you kind of mentioned what the culture talks about of what it means to be male, female, whatever. And, and can we just name the fact that culture has some messed up definitions <laughs> of what it means to be man and woman. And so even beyond the theology of the body question is how do we help 
uh, young people especially, but also adults need the same thing. How do we help people in our church understand what it truly be, means to be a man of God, what it truly means to be a woman of God, and have some conversations around it? And then, and then have some analysis, like what, what is it about the culture's definition of man or woman that we can embrace as church? And what are some of the definitions that really we, we shouldn't be embracing as church, right? Um, and I, I can say this as, as a man, uh, this struggle was real for me in terms of understanding, well, culture says a man should be like this. Church is telling me what I thought. And my interpretation of what church was telling me is like to be more, quite honestly, womanly, right? You know, um, and, and so it was this huge kind of, clash that I had in terms of like, what am I supposed to be? You know, and, and again, in my, my early mid twenties, I read some things and I attended some workshops and whatnot that really helped me understand, have a better understanding of, of who I'm called to be as a man. But that happened in my mid mid twenties. Like it's too late. <laughs> I mean, it's not too late, you know, but it's never too late. But like, how do we bring these conversations into into church, into ministry, because that's, I mean, that's, that's a real struggle I think people have, not just young people, you know, and I think the sooner we can have those conversations, I think the better, but we're not having them. And sometimes I think we follow too closely a book or curriculum or, or we're just not answering the questions that young people are, are asking. And I think that's problematic too. But I, I, for me, I'm, I'm kind of fired up about this topic because it's not, there's just so much to it. And, and I've just been excited to hear what, what, about Theology of the Body. This is phenomenal. Yeah, I think just to echo what you all are saying is, you know, it, there's, there's helpful language for our young people and for our culture. And there's, there's this language that is not helpful that we've been saying. And there are, you know, these, these stereotypes of men and women. And we say like men are supposed to, you know, be, um, are supposed to be the, these strong men that play football or, <laughs> you know, or not me. <laughs> <laughs> then you're not a man. I'm just, yes, kidding. exactly. <laughs> well, no, your, your point is right. Yeah, Cause then the right. culture would say you're not man enough. It's like, what, you know? Yes, oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Or that women are supposed to be in the kitchen and supposed to be, um, wearing makeup and have their hair done and wearing dresses. And that's, that's not helpful because not all women are like, are in the kitchen and staying at home and not all, all men are athletic, like you're saying. But I think the beautiful thing about um, Pope John Paul II is he talks about this, um, he talks about sex, male and female, as um, males being initiators of a gift, initiators of this gift of life, and, and women, females, being this, um, the receptors of the gift. And so it's goes away from the stereotypes and it goes to the archetypes of, of men and women and who we are. And I think that's, that's really beautiful. And we can get away from that stereotypical language and go back to just how we were, how our bodies are built. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I like those, um, those terms, the initiator of life and the uh, receptor of life. It, um, right. It, it's, it's science, it's biological, it's theological. You can't really argue with it. But then when you think about it that way, like, okay, as a man, I'm an initiator of life. What does that mean outside of the physical side of it, right? Like, what does that mean, like, as a father, as a, a leader, a youth minister, uh, you know, a, a brother, a coworker? 
Um, and and uh, same thing, you know, uh, for my wife or for women out there, right? It's like as a receiver of life, what does that look like as a mother, as a daughter, and, and so forth? And, and it, it really does, if anything, it's a label, but it's a label that expands kind of the definition, right? That there's so much more to that. Um, and, and so it, it's really interesting to think about that. And as you're talking, I'm like, okay, as a youth minister, how am I, how, how should I incorporate this more into my ministry? But then at the same time, I'm like, okay, I've got a nine and a six year old. At what point should we be introducing or how does it look I guess, to introduce theology of the body to um, not just teenagers, um, but to kids younger than that. Because I think sometimes the pushback um, we have with theology of the body is it gets roped into the family life curriculum, which is like, all right, time to give out that textbook that um, they give out in Catholic school that also is in religious ed and it's got the pictures and it's got the terminology. And I'm like, oh, you know, like I don't, you know, I didn't like sex ed when I was in sixth grade. I'm not going to like it as an adult giving it to, you know, teenagers and kids. So um, I know I'm going all the way around to get back to that original question, but yeah, what age or how do we start um, introducing theology of the body to, to our children? Yeah. I mean, people have, I'm sure many responses to that question and having a now, one-year-old, I'll need to ask you both for advice later on. <laughs> but having a one-year-old, I mean, I feel that the, the teachings start with yourself and then with your marriage. So even before you have children, we should be practicing and learning about our bodies and, and, how, and how God reveals himself through the body. And and that's how our children learn is, is from us and from our examples. Um, and then when it comes to, I think, um, children who are nine years old, seven years old, I think it's, it's important as parents to give the whys behind the what's, the whys behind the Ten Commandments, the whys behind how we were made as, as men and women because they are going to be asking questions, right? And I know for myself growing up, I would ask a question and I would get, I wouldn't get an answer. I, I remember even when it came to sex, I'd be watching a, a rom-com with my parents. And then once that part of the movie, when the man and woman get together and it's an intimate scene, my parents would tell me to put a blanket over my head. <laughs> And I remember hearing sounds and I'm like, I asked my dad, like, what are they doing? And he said, oh, they're playing with each other. Somewhat true. Yeah, no. So that was kind of the the catechesis I learned. (laughs) But I know in a sense, my parents were trying to protect me, of course, you know, being a custodian of my eyes at the time. Um, But really having... And, and searching for those answers so that we're equipped with the with the knowledge when they do ask those questions. Yeah, it's it's funny the things that we do with our kids because um, you know for me I'm at that age where I'm introducing my sons to all the movies I used to watch as a when I was their age, which I realized that my parents had a much different threshold of the movies I could watch. Like I was watching Top Gun at age like nine or no seven, right? And uh, still haven't and, seen that. 
I, hey, well, you're missing out on a huge you, cultural. You, you are missing out. You yeah, have to you're watch missing it. out. You're missing out. But anyway, um, no. But like, uh, for example, the big thing is Indiana Jones. I love Indiana Jones, but you know, as I was going through IMDb looking to make sure that there were no scenes, um, I remember saying to my wife, "Oh, we can't show it because there's you know this you know scene that um, suggests sexual you know interaction and everything like that." And then we were kind of like, "Well, wait." We've been showing them Star Wars, this deep, like, feel this deep seated issue where a, a boy learns that his father is the source of all evil in the universe and then he gets his arm cut off. But the sex scene's not like, you know, or the, uh, the implied sex scene is not good enough. And then we decided not to show it because at the end, everyone's faces melt off. So, and we thought that would give nightmares. But, uh, yes. you know, that's why we had to show it. That's more that, the issue. That, with, that was, with that was, Indiana that was. Jones. But, but it was just like, you know, violence is okay, but sexuality, uh, let's not go there, right? Um, so, um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting with that thought. This has been great, Clarissa. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Where can people get more information about Theology of the Body? And where can people find more information about Echoes of Worth, this retreat that you guys do? Yeah, that's a, those are great questions. Uh, for Theology of the Body, I would definitely recommend the sources of theology of the body um, education that I received. So there's a theology of the body Institute and its headquarters are in Philadelphia. So Google theology of the body Institute, they have courses, they even have a um, master's program now, but definitely check that out if you're interested in getting more um, or furthering your education on TOB and for us here in the Bay Area, echoesofworth.com. We also have a retreat coming up in January, Martin Luther King weekend. Um, it's for high school students and it's open to everyone. If people come from outside of California and it's awesome when people do that. Um, so that's coming up as well. Awesome. Has uh, Echoes of Worth uh, considered expanding or um, how many years has it been going on for? This will be our sixth year. Okay. And so we're we're praying to the Holy Spirit. Where do you want to Where do you want to take us? We've done a retreat in Sacramento, so um, if people want to host us, just um, get in contact with us at our website. And also, I'd like to mention just a couple more resources, if I may. Um, Ascension Press has a lot of great studies that people can host at their parishes or in their homes. And if you Google uh, Theology of the Body children books, there are a lot of books written by Monica Asher that I would check out as well that are, are really fantastic. And we'll have links to all of this uh, on our show notes. So if you go to the churchpodcast.com, no, dot .org. Oh my gosh, Chris. John, <laughs> I'm totally going to edit blanked. that out. It's the, because I always do it. All right. For all links uh, and uh, resources that were mentioned uh, um, you know, here on the show, go to the churchpodcast.org. Um, for any questions that you might have, um, you know, reach out to us at questions at the churchpodcast.org. Um, but uh, Clarissa, if people want to reach out to you just one-on-one -on -one to pick your brain a little bit more, what, what are other ways that they can get in touch with you? My email is uh, clarissa at echoesofworth.com. That is Clarissa with a K, 
<laughs> K-L-A-R-I-S-S-A at echoesofworth.com. So you can reach me there and I am happy to answer any questions or uh, provide more resources. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll definitely have to have you back on um, as well. Uh, and it's good to connect with you um, here. Uh, and again, uh, for uh, all those resources that were mentioned, go to the churchpodcast.org, not .com, John. Um, and uh, any questions, questions at thechurchpodcast.org. And also, uh, we would love for you guys to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing, especially if it's five stars. Um, just uh, any feedback would be great. Uh, but John, if people want to reach out to you uh, individually, how can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at John Ronaldo or check out our website, parishsuccessgroup.com. And you can find me at Chris R. Wesley or Marathon Youth Ministry on social media or go to marathonyouthministry.com. Clarissa, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, would you mind closing us with a prayer? Great. Yes, of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Father God, we praise and thank you for this opportunity to learn more about how you created us, male and female. We ask, Lord, that you give us the understanding of our bodies that we need, we need, that our bodies are good, and that you have a plan for us, Lord God. Lord, I lift up to you our parishes, our churches, the people in them, that they may encounter you in the way that you will, in the way that you plan, and in your time and in your way. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.